Today's scripture is Mark 1, 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole, from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of, um, the tongue of his um, sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good morning. I'm April Gutierrez, and I'm a member here at UBC Andersonville. Uh, To begin, will you pray with me this prayer of lament? Loving companion and creator, to you we plea, take heed my voice. To your saving justice I cling, bring rest to the weary. May my prayer rise to you like incense. For we remember your prophet Micah's words. God has told us what is good. And what does the Lord require of us but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God? O God of Sarah, Rebecca, Miriam, and Mary, who mourn with us, we lament a world in which Beirut, reeling from bombs just two days before Paris, is not covered in the press. A world in which a bomb goes off at a funeral in Baghdad, and not one person's status update says Baghdad. We lament a systemic oppression that faces our black and brown students in collegiate institutions. We lament a church unprepared to celebrate or even deal with the reality of a far less white church. We lament the gun violence of Chicago, our home and throughout this nation. We lament and we feel your spirit walking with us as we honor the life and mourn the violence that took Laquan McDonald too soon. We place our trust in you. May we listen more than we speak. May we seek ways to live simply, and may we tread gently when conflict arises. May we create more spaces for lament, to grieve together the sin of racism, the sin of callous apathy towards violence in our cities, and the treatment of black and brown lives differently based on the color of our skin or the religion that is practiced in our homes. 
Bless these, your servants, who have departed this life and bring comfort and abiding peace to their families. Amen. Advent is my whole family's favorite season of the year. When we were surrounded just a few days ago, my son proclaimed to my friends and family that was present that Advent is the best season because we light candles together in the evening, that we sing songs, and especially because we end each evening with him opening a little tiny door on his calendar that hides a miniature Hershey's chocolate bar. We often have a weekly craft that we create as a family. We read scripture together and we sing this beautiful song that my son learned at his preschool. Light one candle, Advent's here. And after, all lighting, after we light the candles, as soon as we finish lighting the candle, he anxiously awaits just to blow it off. Advent is a time where we are both inviting in the light and living in the lament. Living with a deep sense of the need for our Savior. This month marks the anniversary of a year living in my home. My husband and I bought a little bungalow um, just on the border of Evanston and um, Rogers Park. And after many years of renting, this was such a joy and a gift to our family. We've poured many hours of sweat equity alongside many of our friends here in our church to create this place, a home, to house our small group, to have friends over for dinner. We've turned the front yard into a garden so that we could intentionally have chairs to sit in the front yard while our kids play on the sidewalk in the front yard. We've met new friends, being in a new neighborhood, and the first 10 months we've grown in these friendships and enrolled our son in the charter school right across the street. I love walking him to school and on our way dropping his sister at the daycare that is just a few houses down from my own. However, this dream Um, of a home for my family that I longed for has been desecrated by violence these past two months especially. The past two months have been riddled with gun violence. At first, in September, we came home at 4 o'clock to police tape covering the block down from our home because a young man had been shot. A few weeks after that, Mid-afternoon, we're playing in the garden in the front yard, and we hear the guns just off in the distance and grab the kids and bring them into the home, playing in the basement for the rest of the evening. Most recently, fear pierced my whole body as at 9.30, we heard no less than 10 gunshots right outside my window dropping to the ground, not sure when you know to get up. How do you know when they're done? How do you know 
how to move after that. I had never known such stillness in my body as that moment and then shame for dropping to the ground and not running to my children who were in the back of the house. This most recent incident has left our house no longer a place to feel like home. I have a very real and present desire to flee this home and this city of Chicago, who I've only known for a couple of years. However, we will not move uh, because of the violence in Chicago, um, because I feel a responsibility as a citizen of this city to stay and to learn more and to know why and how to be part of the change. I know this will take a long time because I am not of this city and I have a lot to learn and understand. But I also know that this is our home. And so in this season, we will light our candles, but we will know the lament in our hearts. Likewise, our nation's college students are standing up to violence and working to affect change where they live in their universities. University students across this nation stood in solidarity with students at Mizzou, leading a movement against systemic marginalization of students of color. A demonstrator at Loyola where I work lamented, students are fighting for more spaces where black and brown students are safe and no longer targeted, terrorized, or traumatized. The dream of a college experience after months of discernment about which school to choose, years of dedication to studies and volunteer work to beef up their resumes, all desecrated by this violence and feeling of the other in this new home. I remember my time in college as the first experience to empower me to respond to injustices. I received training to be nonviolent and to resist being violent when I protested because they had every intention of me being someone who would be civically engaged and protest things that were unjust. In college, I was encouraged to learn about social justice, preferential option for the poor, and liberation theology. And so as an educator, I hope to contribute to educating students to be civically engaged and to us as church to be men and women for and with others. My hope and prayer as students protest and speak of their experiences of marginalization, microaggressions, and racial disparity is that they are met with a desire for reconciliation, places to listen, places for them to lament, and to be affirmed for actively engaging and responding to the social injustices. Social ills need social laments. Sometimes we feel alone in these experiences, but as we cry as a city, we need spaces to respond together in prayer, to know that we are not alone in the hope of a risen Christ, and known we are not alone when we need to just be careful.
carried. Sometimes these things can seem totally at odds with each other. How do we invite light while living with real darkness? Our task in Advent is to take these desperate things and hold them in the same time. It is only my faith in a risen Christ that helps me to do this. Christ in Advent is Christ in Advent is waiting for a savior, knowing that we need a savior and celebrating a savior. We both feast and we protest. We hear in the scripture of John talking about baptism, that he baptizes by water, but that the one who is coming will baptize in the spirit. I love this text because it follows up with Jesus saying, baptize me, John. He doesn't say, okay, I've come. You've done your work. Step aside. But he says, your gifts are holy. I want you to use those gifts to, on me. And I think this is such a powerful statement that Jesus not only walks with us, but affirms that we have the resources we have the tools to respond, to be community with and for one another. Paul affirms this in Acts, that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He calls people to know what the sins are of the world and what sins we hold personally and to name them. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, in Jesus John's baptism is a symbol of changing our mind and going in a new direction. I invite us to think about what new direction are we being called to in this Advent season. That is the preparation that we need time for, to prepare for a Savior, to prepare for Christmas. It's thinking about John's baptism as purification, sure, but Jesus invites us into knowing our baptisms wrapped up in his death, in his burial, and in a resurrection that we are a part of. So being baptized is meant as a recognition of sin, but a desire for spiritual holiness. And Jesus asking John to baptize him. We are yearning for a Savior, and we sit in a hope that we know he is coming. I think the Advent season is awaiting for three arrivals. Jesus Christ came as a human among us. Christ will come in the end. And Christ asks us now to be more deeply into our hearts. Preparation is the focus in so many momentous acts aspects of our life and our culture. Working in higher education, I, am, I, I think often of the senior year and the complexity of this preparation and this honoring of the time that has culminated this ending. And seniors often talk about this frustration of being constantly asked, what's next? What's next? What are you going to do with all of this? when most of them will not know the answer till months or maybe even a year after they walk across that stage. This can lead to a sense of failure 
rather than being able to focus on all that they've accomplished, all that they've put their time and energy into, being affirmed and held with them. I try to encourage my students in their final semester to savor their accomplishments of their time rather than focusing on their possible career. Now this isn't so that they can procrastinate a little longer what is next, but rather go into what's next filled with confidence that they've accomplished something, that they know something, that they've achieved something. By honoring the present achievement, they might enter into that responsibility with clarity and truly living as a contemplative in action allows us time to savor, allows us time for joy and grace that we experience in the day-to-day as we work towards accomplishing something great. What does it mean to have God with us? I hope in a world with racial injustice because of a Savior dwelling within me. I find hope because I know I can be part of change. I find hope in the people who are around me. This inspires me to act and it holds me tenderly when I find only my faith to be the holiness in the darkness around me. So I offer three things that have helped me to hold this tension in this season. Ritual, quiet, and gratitude. The ritual that I choose is lighting an advent wreath, taking the time to create the wreath with my family. But we can also look forward to knowing that this is a place where we will light candles on a weekly basis together. I also think rituals of our everyday are really powerful if we are intentional with them. When I take time to think about brushing my teeth and offer a moment of prayer of thanks for my health, for my well-being, just being present with myself in the action of a ritual that I do a few times a day is powerful. It centers me and allows me to be truly present in the moment. What the ritual is, is not as important to me specifically for this as it is to prepare me to be present in the moment. When I think about quiet, I think oftentimes um, when I talk to other parents, this is like a joke that we have quiet. But as an introvert, I know that I need quiet. And the moment that I love to give away instead of honor is the moment when both kids I know are sleeping. And so I have tried to savor that moment, to recognize my house is quiet. And rather than turn on Netflix and lounge on the couch and cuddle in, to just take a moment and honor the day, to take a deep breath, a cleansing breath that reminds me of the present. I live right next to a labyrinth, and I love to talk about how important that is, but I rarely will take the time to walk across the street and take 15 minutes for myself. So I'm challenging myself to do that more 
and, and, and be present to the quiet that can be around me. And finally, gratitude. My campus minister, um, when I was in college, uh, is now a vocational uh, director for a, a women's community. And one of the candidates in her community, um, she posted a quote from her that said, what would it mean to let, what would it mean to let gratitude become a transformative force in my life? What would it mean to let gratitude become a transformative force in the world? So I'm thinking about using this to start my day, each day, to remind me to sit in gratitude. Because when the darkness surrounds me, it is so helpful to cling to and to remind myself of all the things that I feel are blessing, that are good and holy that are around me. There's a book of liturgies on lament that I love um, from Frank Henderson, and um, he offers that lament offers the space between despair and hope. And this season, I feel like that is where I sit with Advent, a space to openly cry out to our God, a space that can unite us, Give us strength. Hold our grief with us. Because when we hold spaces for dialogue, conversation, sometimes it doesn't leave me room for all that I'm feeling or knowing and the, 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 that I'm, um, all the emotions that are held in my experiences. But liturgy and worship, it opens a space together to offer us a place to be transformed with one another, to hold one another, to pray together. Lamentations center us in God's presence. So I invite you not to be afraid, to use them, to root yourself in the word, to be held in your grieving, and be inspired for action. When students protest, um, we are experiencing lamentations. When the wound is so public, the grievance is a social injustice that we must respond by grieving publicly. We are often asked to be bridge build builders and act much too soon. We're asked to move, move on from social injustices, move on from our sorrow of the loss of someone we loved so dear, become a peacemaker, but I think we need to hold one another much longer, tenderly, lamenting together and bringing our social ills to God as a society until we're ready or until we hear the action that we might be called to. When a community experiences social sin, we are invited into experiences of grace, experiences of healing, experiences of hope, but only after a process of lament. So today, I close as I opened with this prayer of lament as we enter into a season of waiting and preparation. May we join together, offering space rooted in a risen Christ and rooted in a hope that only God can provide us. So will you pray with me? Loving companion and creator, 
To you we plea, take heed my voice. To your saving justice I cling, bring rest to the weary. May my prayer rise to you like incense, for we remember your prophet Micah's word. God has told you what is good. What does the Lord require of us but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? O God of Sarah, Rebecca, Miriam, and Mary, who mourns with us, we lament a world in which Beirut, reeling from bombings just two days before Paris, is not covered in the press. A world in which a bomb goes off at a funeral in Baghdad, and not one person's status update says Baghdad. We lament systemic oppression faced by black and brown students in the collegiate institutions. We lament a church unprepared to celebrate or even deal with the reality of a far less white church. We lament the gun violence of Chicago in my home and throughout this nation. We lament and feel your spirit walking with us as we honor the life and mourn the violence that took Laquan McDonald too soon. We place our trust in you. May we listen more than we speak. May we seek ways to live simply. May we tread gently when conflict arises. And may we create more spaces for lament, to grieve together the sin of racism, the sin of callous apathy towards violence, and the treatment of black and